Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 114 of Sack Cakes Therapy. Uh, today, we are going to talk a bit about Media Day. Uh, it's been, what, it was, I think Media Day was Monday, but we haven't had a chance to do an episode, but we will basically recap the entire uh, Media Day, Media Week, if you will, and also Training Camp. And of course, with me to talk about it, Fong. Hello. He is here. He is yes. on his once a week uh, appearance fee. So, anyways, let, let, let's, let's get started. <laughs> Things me today, good vibes all around. Um, you know, everyone's pretty optimistic. Everyone kind of pretends that, well, not pretends, they, they're probably very optimistic with the fact that they're going to make the playoffs. And yeah, it, as Jason Jones has said, he's he's been covering the team for 12 years. And he's seen this for every 12 years. <laughs> you know, you're very optimistic. You know, you're, you're gonna, they're going to play defense. They're going to get their chemistry. They're going to get their shit together. And they're going to make the playoffs. And this media day was no different. So let's, uh, let, let's start with this. Uh, Marvin Bagley, he came in. A lot of people are saying he, he looks noticeably bigger. And that he is now officially apparently 240 pounds. And uh, has and he said he has been working uh, with Doug Doug Christie for much of the summer on the little things. What are your thoughts on oh. Marvin Bagley? I mean, that's great that he's working in his game, and I'm hoping that Doug teaches him some things in terms of you know the defensive end. I think his offense is fine. Definitely, his defensive end should need some work. And like I said, I'm hoping Doug has taught him some of that but uh i'm wondering what was his weight before the 240 let me actually um, now that you mentioned let me actually check what his official yeah. weight is actually yeah I'm trying, to, I'm trying to gauge uh, like how much of a like quote-unquote improvement that is so he was 235 i believe last year so i guess uh, five pounds of muscle i mean that that's something yeah it is something you know, and, you know, one of his weaknesses, unfortunately, now of like at least last year was that he would get, you know, bulldozed by like the brutes, uh, like Julius Randle in the game against the Knicks at Golden One, like just got bulldozed by him a multiple time down the down in the clutch and they had to resort to harrison barnes who you know has a lot of that grown man strength strength <laughs> to actually be able to hold off uh, julius randall so you know it might it might just be five pounds on the surface but five more pounds of muscle and core strength that could mean a lot and could actually help him stay healthy a little bit more hopefully as well yeah i'm gonna knock on one on <laughs> because you I, I mean you never know especially with uh, the history that Marvin has with injuries. Yeah, well, let's just hope for the best. Another notable thing was that he talked about God, God a lot, and how this was God's plan. If God wants him, if God wants Marvin here, then he'll be here. A lot of talk about God, and uh, I thought it was funny listening to Jason Jones talk about this, how, you know, of course, we're not black, but like, you know, um, just kind of repeating what Jason Jones said, like from the perspective of a black person, when they talk about God a lot, it kind of just means like they going through some bullshit and that, you know, it's going to work out in the end. And that's honestly the vibe I got from Marvin at his press conference. Like, you know, God, you know, this part of God's plan that he wants me to be here and I'm going to take do what it takes to get through it. And 
it's kind of with the vibes of like, yeah, this is a, this is a bullshit situation right now, but it will get better. Oh, that's that's a little interesting. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> I mean, like it's been public. He he wants out, and yeah. he probably expected to be out. He I, he actually expected to be out like in the trade deadline last year, which was why he, the the Kings basically sent him home. But like you know, it's we just haven't been able to find a good trade for him, like to recoup at least some value for him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, for better or for worse, like we do value him more than two second rounders. Yeah, definitely, of course. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll talk about it later when it comes to uh, the Ben Simmons situation. But you think uh, we're gonna keep Marvin? within the next two years i don't know because his contract signing would be next season right so technically we i think we can offer him an extension i don't know if there's a deadline of when he can sign it but like we can extend a qualifying offer for him for this like up like next year to keep him on the team and then the year after that would be he'd be a restricted free agent or yeah. maybe we you or maybe we can negotiate an extension in the middle of the season. I forgot how that works, but I think he I think like you know we can like keep him for another year. Anything mm-hmm. at least uh, if he is not traded. I, I kind of want to see like what teams would be willing to sign him, and you know of course since he's restricted, we could match um, his contract with other teams. But yeah, as of right now, don't don't really know a good value for him <laughs> i mean the, the issue is he's not healthy and he has not really produced on the court you know it, it all the years he's been in the league i think three years he's basically been 14 and 7 or around there mm-hmm. like it just seems like it, it's he's a qu- giant question mark and do you want to invest money in a giant question mark like him yeah now and, uh, oh. now to quickly go over uh real quick uh, how much you would you be willing to pay him per year i mean like I'm, I'm willing to go like 11 million a year maybe like just like a little bit less than the rashawn contract hope maybe like, yeah because at this point yeah. ain't no ain't nobody paying that much for you if you're not gonna pro- like produce on the defensive end specifically but like offensively is intriguing but you know the defense is unfortunately where his biggest hole is mm-hmm yeah, that's actually around the area I would uh, pay him uh, when that time comes. Well, we'll see. Uh, I do expect him to play at least until the trade deadline, and and we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Um, he does fill a position of need. Like we need more power forwards on this team. Like we have a lot of centers, and we have a lot of guards, and there just isn't that much in between. So, yeah, he does fill a position of need, and I would like to see him succeed here. Like, you know, he he is a talented player. We, he just needs to be able to learn defense, and it takes a few years. Like, some players just figure it out in their fourth or fifth year, and hopefully he's one of them, and hopefully he's on the Kings. Oh, yeah. Let's hope so. Uh, the Our next person, uh, the I guess the next most popular trade candidate on the Kings, who is still here, um on media day and still in training camp buddy healed uh buddy healed had a good well, he had a pretty fun um press conference where you know he he seems to be in high spirits um there was a moment uh where tristan thompson had to basically kind of stepped in when i think it was jason anderson or 
somebody asked a buddy about the about the Laker trade and his feelings on that, and they basically just kind of shut down that question and mm-hmm. said that buddy is focused on being here. Now, um, I guess you know on that on that subject, you know, one of the lines that Buddy said was that he's ready to do whatever the team needs. When I think I think it was a journalist that asked him specifically, like, are you are you okay with coming off the bench or starting? And yeah, so what are your thoughts on his comments? You know, he's willing to do whatever the team needs. If I mean, if that's the case, I mean, you gotta you guys start off the bench because uh, I mean wind up wise he definitely should uh, like come off the bench and uh, play the way he is playing because yeah I, I do not trust his defense at all <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping he keeps his word like that I mean like the thing with Buddy is that the one reason why I wouldn't be willing to give up on him, while I am very much an advocate for trading him, I wasn't that willing to trade him at like in certain in a certain contexts because he had a god awful year last year, and I think it was like basically his worst season since his rookie year. And I like to think he's better than what he showed last year. Like he missed a lot of open shots and also jacked up a lot of bad shots as well. But like I feel I, I'm smelling a bounce back year from him and of course um, you know unfortunately for him i don't see him starting i you know i i expect him to come off the bench and that that's where he was you know playing really well like coming off the bench so you know hopefully like luke actually does like bring him off the bench because you know he provides a scoring punch that the team that can be very useful to the team and of course like you can minimize a lot of his defensive issues we've talked about whether he would close or not i mean if he has it going i'm okay with him closing although the defensive issues are will be interesting um to figure out but overall i think he is gonna have a bounce back year and i do think you know it will be coming off the bench and you know basically being what he was the second half of that year of you know when bogey was still here mm-hmm. yeah it's I don't know why. I, now that you mentioned Bogey, it's making me <laughs> reconsider that we should have kept Bogey. I mean, that was a tricky situation because of like Bogey's contract. You couldn't mm-hmm. actually extend him, and he wasn't a free agent at the time. And then Vlade, of course, the Vlade then left, which was big because Vlade was going to sign him to whatever he was going to be offered. And you know, Mani saw it a different way, and those unfortunate things played out that way but yeah i do agree with you had we just re-signed bogey and kind of i guess traded away buddy that would have been a perfect solution right mm-hmm. you know like life moves on we got to figure out glad that bogey's doing well in the hawks he seems that he's carved out a pretty good position there oh yeah uh, i guess i do have another question for you about but well, not specifically on buddy but Luke Wallen has said that he is willing to experiment with three guard lineups and even I think I don't know if he said this specifically but he is going to play with a lot of combinations and that actually includes Buddy Heald so like you we legitimately no joke could see Buddy Heald at the power forward (laughs) in certain lineups like it is it is an interesting uh juggling of lineups what do you think well, he wouldn't be at the four spot, right? He would be at the third. Wait, no, three guard. Oh, jeez. Oh, three guard lineup plus buddy. Yes. Oh no. Oh my. 
with Rashad at five. Rashad <laughs> at five. I don't know, Alex. So, so here's kind of the the thing that um, I think it was Matt George who brought this up and Jason Jones. You, we have a lot of depth at the guard positions and the center and the center power center positions. And Monty McNair actually said when he was asked about it, and he said that we do have a lot of depth, we do have a lot of flexibility. Of course, you know, we someone brought up the fact that we don't have a lot of wings, but the from what Monty said, he is he's probably expecting Luke to play some of those guys like at the wings, like you know, Buddy at the wing, possibly even like put um, Rashad at the wings. Uh, the other uh, Tristan Thompson on wings like they could probably do something there and he and which kind of just leads me to believe like Matt George has kind of sold me on the idea that Luke can get real creative of how he runs runs out lineups out there because we have guys that that can be good on defense like Tristan Thompson is a good defensive player for the most part a good offensive rebounder but just can't shoot but then you have guys like Buddy who you know could have you know can shoot but you know defensively challenge like it's going to be an interesting balancing act that i'm very interested in what how luke is going to balance this out hmm. yeah it'd be interesting we, we would have to watch a few games to get a good feel of it because i don't know a free guard lineup sounds like absurd to me <laughs> in some uh, yeah. ways the four, the four guard in the center lineup like you're yeah, sure you're yeah. not excited about that yeah. i mean granted it's the same defense i've had for the three guard lineup most teams don't have four guys that can actually defend the perimeter like at a level that you know our offense can generate like nah. with all of, with all of buddy's faults like you can probably put like a if you put like a, a, a power forward on him that actually might be problematic for the other team you know, just, just a thought. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean. Granted, that's going to be an adventure on the other end with Buddy guarding the power for it. But Buddy is a strong, is a thick boy for the most part. He's got muscles on him. Like, maybe he can guard a four, you know? Yeah, we'll see. But it's an interesting balancing act that uh, I'm excited to see how uh, Luke Walton handles this one. This will be a real actual coaching job from Luke Walton. Like, I don't want to see... You know, De'Aaron averaging what 38 minutes last year or whatever per game, and Barnes like not that far behind him. Like he's got options. Let, let's see how he. Let's see what he does with you know the tools that he's given this year. Yeah, I'm only expecting Fox and Halburn, hopefully, hopefully, and Barnes and whoever has played 40 minutes last season to play maybe what 32, 33 average. Yeah, and then mix up guys like uh, Alex Len. Um, Jamezi Metsu and Terrence Davis. Like, don't forget, you also have Terrence Davis, another kind of guard wing guy. Yeah, Luke has options th this year. Yeah, let's hope he plays it out well. Um, okay, so the next uh, topic of interest, Tristan Thompson had a very good um, press conference. And also, beyond just the press conference, he talked a lot about, well, so from all the other players like they said that they they really like uh tristan thompson's energy and leadership in the locker room and it's been brought up multiple times from them like every, every time like you know the, um one of the players is asked about leadership they actually always bring up tristan and how he's kind of handling it and how, what he's teaching the young guys like 
he's been a welcome surprise for media day and the early parts of training camp uh hmm. i see you that's interesting i didn't expect that from tristan to be honest i mean i guess like i kind of expected because he is an older player and you know hilariously enough like another guy that came from that cleveland cavaliers team like was once a guy that brought a lot of leadership and fire to the team and you know that i'm talking about iman shumper they're both from the same team and you know these guys are both veterans and they both contributed like you know substantially to that championship run and it's kind of funny that i guess guys that hang around lebron for long enough like just have that leadership quality in them mm, ooh, are the scores bad because i i definitely wanted iman back for a long time but if this is the best we could do next ooh, one of know. the scores might be gone by the end of the season so you know uh, yeah <laughs> we'll, 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 i mean we'll see <laughs> we'll see but um, Tristan Thompson and during the press conference said that, you know, he talked a lot about defense and he brought up the fact that defense is what he thinks will take the Kings to the next level and that the Kings have no problem scoring and but they really need to shore up their defense. And he is 1000 percent right because Kings were 30 30th in defense for much of the year. And but somehow they were 10th in offense, even though, again, I always mentioned like for much of the year, their only real creator was De'Aaron. So, yeah, Tristan Thompson is 100 percent right. And that is probably the one thing I think Tristan Thompson can help a lot with uh, on the Kings on the Kings, where like he can help on the defensive end. He is a very good. Well, he's not well, he's still good. And he did have a down year last year in Boston like he he does bring defense he brings toughness and he brings rebounding the three things that the kings struggle a lot with mm, yeah oh, uh moving on um yeah so we talked about tristan thompson's leadership and hopefully that is a um hopefully that is you know a, i guess yeah hopefully that is a thing that you know helps the kings take it to the next level as Tristan Thompson said yeah stuttering on my words okay uh next one um just a quick one Terrence Davis on the was on the booth but he was only there for so long um because you know a lot let's be honest not a lot of questions for him specifically but you know Terrence Davis was asked about a Davion and he brought up the fact that he thought Davion was different the intensity that he brings the IQ that he brings and just the, the general vibe around him like he is not your typical rookie is basically his uh take on Davion hmm, I kind of want to see how that compares to way how, how Halburn came into a week because if Davion's gonna be that kind of you know changing factor for a team that that'd be pretty nice that would be very nice indeed but uh yeah well we'll we'll see like of course um training camp vibe training camp and media day vibes are always good and as jason jones has you know very eloquently put it he like let's see it first it's great that you know everyone's bringing these good vibes and you know everyone's positive looking forward to making the playoffs or at least being in the running for the playoffs but we got to see it first yeah we we definitely got to see it but we kind of saw it from um you know 
his time during the summer week <laughs> for some reason it slipped in my mind uh, with Davion so hopefully it translates to the actual NBA floor and you know with a, a whole different team in my opinion that we're gonna play with now it it'll be real interesting it, it's probably one of the more interesting seasons in a, a long bit in a minute I'd say interesting and also crucial because i like i'm hearing a lot of people having us probably missing the playoffs but like you know possibly saying you know saying that we possibly could make it but i i'm on the side of making it because if we miss this playoffs it's 16 it's 16 in a row i don't want to hold that record uh yeah i really don't want to hold that record either but you know would you be disappointed if we miss it I'd be pretty disappointed, but you know, if the Kings put up a good fight, uh, like so, let's just say, I, if they don't make the play-in, then I'll be very, very sad. But if they're in the play-in and they put up a good fight, then maybe like I still be disappointed. But I want, I want them to be able to play a first-round series. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's hope so. I mean, that first round, whoever it is, probably is gonna be pretty tough. Not gonna lie. Unless it's the Jazz. Maybe we have a chance against the Jazz. We'll see. But... Maybe. Uh, okay, well, uh, the next person on the on the podium was uh, Mo Harkless. And the main thing that uh, came from his time on the podium was that he wanted to get a quick deal done with the Kings and that he didn't really chase other teams in free agency. Like, I, I guess he liked it in Sacramento. And, you know, one of the big things with him for the last two years is that he he's been traded around and like he just didn't get consistent playing time like in in the clippers i actually was very confused when they traded him to the knicks and then last year he was um traded to miami where he never really got to play he got injured and i think he got COVID too well he never really got like consistent playing minutes and then you know he gets traded here and he finds a consistent like playing pattern a uh, minutes pattern and you know i guess he likes that and maybe like the city of sacramento also kind of embraced them kind of i don't I actually don't know i gotta probably get more get more of a feel on that before i say that but you know it seems that he's here and it's good to see that you know he wanted to come back to sacramento hmm yeah that's great yeah to be honest i haven't seen mo play this much since actually i don't even remember <laughs> was he I think since the Clippers, like Clippers, he played a little bit, but like his main time was the Portland Trailblazers, where you know he was yeah. one of their wings. Yeah, which is a uh, real great for Mo because yeah, like, like I said, I don't even remember the time he's played like this much time, and uh, you know he's he showed it. He he definitely showed it as a good uh, you know six man wing player. <laughs> I, had to like jumble my words there but yeah we definitely do need uh more wings in my opinion but you know mo fills that void for us yeah hopefully like you know i mean he's he's our only other wing other than um harrison barnes so he'll definitely find minutes and hopefully he hopefully like he finds some success in his role because he had he has been pretty inconsistent throughout the years from what i've like known that he's not a consistent shooter but and his defense can be a little bit hit or miss but you know the kings can you know you can never complain about having competent nba players and mo is a competent M nba player 
Oh yeah. Uh, okay, well, moving on to I guess the main events of Media Day. Uh, Fox and Halliburton, uh, as James Ham has essentially reported, <laughs> he, they apparently they look noticeably bigger. Uh, Fox has said that he weighs around 197 now, which uh, coming into last year, I believe he was about 185 or something like that. So that's a good 10 pounds of extra muscle on him. Um, and Halliburton, although there was not a specific number, I think I think what he gave was that he gained about 10 pounds of muscle. And as James Ham has James Ham has said, he they do look noticeably bigger. Uh huh. I mean, when I saw them, I, I guess it's kind of hard to tell from, you know, a screen. But, yeah, I, hopefully, it, you know, with the weight change, not weight change, but, you know, gain weight, help uh, with a little defense, maybe pushing guys around. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see, to be honest, because uh, I, I need to search joke like the previous weights that they uh they had before this season well uh with the extra weight that he's put on as uh, fong has so eloquently put it kind of feel like he's passively aggressively calling fox fat i'm kidding of course he's not but um fox uh, apparently he says uh james ham says that with the extra kind of added weight um fox has fox looks more confident has a different vibe around him and has kind of say kind of basically said like he feels different and it's just and it's probably part of it is like probably the natural progression of just maturing as a per as a person and as a player but he feels that now like with the extra kind of added weight he's kind of starting to finally come into I guess like the prime like he's starting to get that feel for his body where he quote unquote his mind and body finally start to connect in terms of like just what his again what will kind of lead him to his prime playing uh days so like that's something that was very interesting reported by james ham and another thing that very interesting that fox talked talked about when someone asked him is he focused on uh becoming an all-star this year and you know part of it is lip service but fox said that he's not focused on being an all-star at all he says he's actually focused on winning and you know once he brings basically if the team wins he will start getting recognition he will start getting accolades and the all-star appearances will come along so i just feel it's a very good thing to hear from him even though it could be just lip service but like that's the mentality he should be because last year like there was a stretch that where i was like making the case for Fox being an all-star when the Kings were, I think, 12 and 11, you know, hilariously enough, like when they were 12 and 11 and they were actually winning games. But, and, but, you know, the team started to fall off a cliff after a while because guess what? Relying on De'Aaron Fox to do everything is not sustainable. But like if the team is winning, I think, he, I think he can be, has a chance to be an all-star this year. Yeah, I kind of want him to become an all-star sooner or later because I think he's, yeah, he's definitely due for one. And, you know, if we do start winning, maybe I'm hoping that we make possibly the AC. Uh, yeah, we'll start getting that recognition. Fox will hopefully become an all-star and, uh, you know, get good vibes around i guess during those uh during that time and uh, hopefully win some more after that all-star break 
just sucks that you know we're in the West because like it is a gauntlet of super, of superstar point guards. You got Steph, Dame, uh, Chris Paul, I think Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. There, there's probably even more. That's four guys right there that he has to somehow beat to the All Star appearance, and it's gonna be tough. If only, I mean, on the East, he he'd be a shoe in probably um, as a All Star. Yeah possibly even all-star starter because it's pretty weak over there but yeah it's gonna be tough but it's gonna have to come with the kings winning and <laughs> that's yeah, the key can't can't forget about jaw oh yeah jaw yeah like, honestly i think jaw might have a better chance of making i mean it depends on how his team's doing but like jaw actually has more recognition now than De'Aaron just because he made the playoffs i know yeah so there's that but and it's it, it's tough in the West, and you know, hopefully, like everyone, ever like, Dion has brought it the last two years. It's just that the team has to kind of keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, next topic. Um, Halliburton also was interviewed, and one of the main things he said was that he was uh, focused on building relationships on and off the court. On um, on the court, he's talking about a lot of chemistry with like Davion and. Uh, Tristan Thompson and you know everyone else like I mean last year he, had, he I felt like he had pretty good chemistry with basically everyone on the court like he threw a bunch of lobs to Rashawn and threw some lobs to Marvin as well but like he's trying to foster a, a little bit more off-court chemistry as well so that I guess the team you know just is a much tighter knit group and you know like hopefully that translates onto the court as well but it m- the main thing I take away from this is that he seems to be a natural leader and he's gonna you know bring that level of leadership i guess to the team that you know so desperately needs it and he he's finally in a position to do it as well right being being a second year player because in your rookie year you really can't do that because you're a rookie and like people just don't respect you yet but like in his second year like he could actually legitimately emerge as the locker room leader Ooh, i didn't think about that in that way because I thought, you know, if you're building those types of relationships, because I, I think I listened to a couple of um, interviews a couple of weeks ago about him, like, uh, going out to Florin or Folsom? Folsom? I believe it was Folsom. Yeah. And uh, doing some stuff out there uh, and, you know, building, I guess, relationships in a business sense, uh, kind of like building its maybe brand or, you know gain that feel for uh sacramento but uh yeah in terms of uh you talking about how he is building off uh, some sort of like leadership role um yeah that ooh, i wonder how that'll translate to core because uh he, he is a great talker and i think he can uh, get a good following within that locker room team if he continues to be that way yeah, but like he, he's trying to, you know, uh, connect with the community a la kind of like how Harry Giles used to do it. Like, you know, he's actually shown up to Folsom football games, which I thought yeah. was really funny. Like, he, I mean, he, he's got he's got that in him. Like, he's just one of those kinds of guys that likes to, that likes to that is able to actually kind of build a connection to the community. Like, not everyone can do that, you know, not to shade Foxworth, but like, you know, Fox doesn't do that kind of stuff because it's not part of his personality. And it's something that the Kings have kind of struggled with because we've needed a more vocal voice in the locker room. The the guy that's, you know, it, it basically leads the team and builds that those relationships and gets everyone together. 
like yeah it, it wasn't fox's it, it's just not in fox's personality but it seems like that's in halliburton's uh personality and these two can work in tandem to you know actually finally establish that culture for the kings yeah you know what now that i think about it i think the last person to you know build something off of the, uh and connect with the community was demarcus but you know how that ends up when it comes to you know basketball and locker room uh, presence so uh not a good comparison but you know yeah that's the last guy besides no harrison barnes harrison barnes is a good community guy too yeah he is but like again both both him and fox are not vocal guys in the lock they don't look like vocal guys in the locker room like yeah, yeah, yeah. they are lead by example a little bit more quiet a little bit more you know like just kind of like keep it to themselves type type leaders and mm-hmm. you know you, you need a balance of it like as you mentioned demarcus was that kind of leader very vocal to say the least <laughs> like he needed another guy like and particularly another guy that's just as good as him like to actually bat and who are kind of like a fox type if you will just kind of calm down demarcus and kind of balance out the locker room but you know demarcus never got that but like now it seems like halliburton is taking that leadership role and from what i've heard as well like davion can also be that guy although again rookies might be a little tricky but he is a little older so maybe it could work and again with like tristan thompson coming into the fold as well like this this could finally be the one of the first years where we establish that culture and you know you have your voices in the locker room that can you know build harmony and you know essentially kind of like how do i explain this but like build more consistency with like accountability and just you know holding everyone's feet to the fire and not letting guys get away with like missing defensive assignments like why are you not bringing it today or bringing this game and you know build consistency like in that locker room and you know hopefully and hopefully like establishing that kind of break you know kind of um uh, translates to the court jesus christ i can't get my words straight today (laughs) uh yeah we shall see i mean uh it seems like coming off from media day and seeing all the players being happy and you know coursing with each other i i think uh we have a pretty good uh group of guys yeah and you know again media day vibes are always some of the best vibes that you can get and hopefully (laughs) this just hopefully it's hopefully it translates onto the regular season you know Mm -hmm. preseason is monday so you know, we'll, we'll get a we'll get a decent sense of you know how it looks on the court, um, real quick. But you know, game time is coming up, and you know I cannot wait till the end of the month when we see the first game. And and okay, again, I I really want to see what Davion is made of. Mm-hmm. Wait, do we do we get tickets for any games? By the way, I have not. I was gonna talk to you about a little bit later. We'll we'll talk about uh, it. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Okay. Well, moving on, uh, Mike Lombardi. Um, this there wasn't really an announcement weirdly enough for this um but mike lombardi is the new defensive coordinator for the kings now uh his most notable um achievements he won a title with boston uh as i think as an assistant coach kind of like help so tom thibodeau was the was the uh, defensive coordinator for that team and he was kind of an assistant to tom uh mike i mean 
and he no most notably he he was part of the defensive uh, he was a defensive coordinator for the Cavs in 2016 when they famously won won their championship so he has a bit of a background and you know I, I don't know what to think of this um like uh, Rex Kalamian was a very much acclaimed a, a defensive coordinator and it didn't turn out well last year so you know you you can we can bring up the accolades that Mike Lombardi has but I, I need to see it on the court. I don't know what to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think about this one. Yeah. So wait. So it's Rex, not part of. He moved to Detroit, I believe. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, that's too bad. But yeah, like you said, we're we're gonna have to see how uh, he f- fends off uh, when it comes to on the court because. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in general, uh, I want to see how much better our team has gone defensively because, you know, we've added some uh, guys and I want to see especially improvement within certain people. But yeah, definitely going to have to see. Honestly, like, as I have kind of said before on previous podcasts, coaching can only do so much. Yeah. Like, and you know you can only do so much but you need the talent to do it and you mm-hmm. need like guys that have the mindset to be able to execute a defensive plan and an offensive plan so mm-hmm. it's on the players and we have better talent and better defensive talent especially than you know the start of last year so like maybe that maybe that helps and maybe that you know like if the kings are just like like if the kings are just say you know five spots better that just about might get you into the play in if they're 10 spots better that might just get you into the playoffs straight up like mm-hmm. i think i think like the kings can do it but it's up to their mindset and like if they're if someone is gonna be the one to hold each other accountable and also just like you know hold every yeah again hold everyone accountable and just be able to bring it and inspire your your teammates to play defense it's on the players is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. oh yeah oh so, i'll i'll believe it when i see it um it's kind of i guess it would be my line um to just to, to basically it's my entire approach to the season like there, there's a lot of optimism but let's see if any if if it's founded by the start of the season hmm Okay, last thing about the Kings. Uh, so the preseason schedule is now out, and from out of nowhere, a Monday is going to be our first game on October 4th against the Phoenix Suns at the Golden One Center. And then uh, on the 6th, uh, two days later, it's gonna we're going to be playing the Clippers at the Staples Center. And then we're going to go to Portland five days later on the 11th at the Moda Center in Portland. And then we're going to end our road trip. I don't even know if this is a road trip. We're going to play the Lakers in the Golden 1 Center um, on the 14th. Lots of... <laughs> lots of great games, but... Ooh. Do you have faith in uh, starting off a, on a good foot in the season? I mean, I think we're going to start off... I mean, it doesn't really matter. I think we are going to win at, you know, at least two of those games just because, like... I mean, Le- like for example, LeBron's not going to play the second half. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Those games, um, Dame's probably not going to play the second half. Um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and you know, Paul George probably not either. And Kawhi, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you you get some developmental minutes in there, and uh, 
I mean, I just want to see what Davion can do. Like again, again, it's tough to see because like I like it's preseason. They're, the guys really aren't going to be trying uh, that hard. And but like I want to see if Davion can like you know hold guys like Chris Paul, like make it tough on those guys. There was actually a clip that came out like him guarding a De'Aaron, mm-hmm. and like he was he kind of gave De'Aaron some trouble. Ooh. Oh, you know, there's a lot of optimism out there, and I want to I want to see it for real. And it, we're not going to be able to see it until they play against Portland on the first game of the season. Oh yeah, we shall see. Moving on from the Kings, it's unfortunate that we keep having to talk about him, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are sick of hearing about him, but we're talking about Ben Simmons again. So, Ben Simmons has not uh, reported to training camp for 76ers, and it doesn't seem like he's going to anytime soon if he ever is going to show up in a 76er uniform again. But interesting tidbits, to say the least, from uh, the 76ers media day. So, Doc compared us... the people, uh, basically Ben Simmons' people who are talking to the team, the Trump supporters, and basically to say that they are they cannot be convinced whatsoever to change their mind about like the the 76ers and the Ben Simmons situation. Yeah, um, not a great look because, like, man, to compare them to Trump supporters, like, oh, that's a uh, bit, that's a bit much. Um, apparently the players, um. Right before training camp, start, or right before media day, like apparently wanted to come to LA to actually talk to Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons just said, "No, don't come, don't bother. It's not going to change my mind." Basically, um, during media day, Embiid also said that it, you know he believes the partnership could still work, and that they are a better team with Ben. And you know, like, but you know, there are he understands concerns, but they do need Ben to you know be a championship team. Um, Morey hilariously compared the situations to Aaron Rodgers for the Packers, I think? Yeah. He compared it to the Aaron Rodgers situation in terms of fixability. And he, he basically means that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, wanted out of the Dodgers, or Dodgers, <laughs> <laughs> out of the, uh, out of the Packers uh, about a month ago. But, you know, then he's... And he's playing very well, and the situation seems to have resolved itself. Am I correct in that? Yeah, you could say in some ways. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's you know, with all that information, the question is, you know, like let, let, let's put the money aside. Like that's probably going to be one of the reasons why Ben Simmons, if he ever is ever going to play for the 76ers, to come back. Like putting aside the money situation, should like. Sh- do you think that Ben is going to play another game as a sixer? In in my opinion, I don't think so. <laughs> like him, his people being compared to Trump supporters—that's that's a little outrageous. Plus, man, I how would other teams think uh, about that uh, if you know if Ben Simmons did come to their team and uh, you know bring that type of vibe to? Uh, their own team I don't, I don't know but in my opinion i mean i'm hoping that he has like good terms in terms of like the players that are in the 76ers but yeah i don't think he's playing another another game with the organization 
I mean, they're how, how badly do you think they're gonna boo him if he show if he actually does play for the Sixers? How bad would it be? Do you think it would be in Philly? Would you would you compare it to uh, LeBron coming back to my uh, to uh, Cleveland from Miami? That's tough. Because it just I don't might know. be. It just might be. But like he's still on their team, and I don't know. Is, I, it, it's gonna be. It's gonna be that bad. It's gonna be that level of bad. I don't think it was gonna be as bad, but it's gonna be pretty fucking bad. Yeah, it, it's not gonna be as bad. But him, yeah, still being in a team, I don't think he should be going to games in at home. To be honest, if that's the case. And like, just imagine. You know how like they, you know the the fans boo every time like the player touches the ball but like you're doing it to your own guy at that point like man and i i will always laugh at the comment he made after like the game where a reporter asked like what do you think uh, what do you think of the fans uh reaction at the end of game seven like throwing the bottle onto the court and ben simmons just said it's philly they're gonna do do what they're gonna do i'm like jesus christ (laughs) he's too used to it yeah um another thing that does interest me about the ben simmons situation uh report did come out from sam amig where basically the situation between ben and uh and beat one of the main issues that that ben brings or ben's camp quote-unquote brings up is that ben ben simmons does not think that he can flourish as as a number one next to Embiid because both of them are kind of like fives like per se like both can't really shoot but are best like in playing inside and you know with four shooters around them like he doesn't think he can flourish next to Embiid and from from the article it seems like Ben wants to be the number one guy he wants to be you know the the main guy that you put four shooters around and he just and he just goes at it at the other team like do you think he's actually good enough to command that no (laughs) i don't think so i really don't think so (laughs) yeah because that's kind of my thing with him too but uh sorry sorry you were saying it's like what team is willing to do that it's like you, you gotta revamp your whole team from just for him that's that's not worth it i mean that could be an argument of like why minnesota would be perfect if like they i mean then they would have to find out something with edwards but i think they can make that work but like carl anthony towns and if somehow they keep d'angelo russell like that those are that's pretty good i think but mm. you know like I, I bring to bring this back to the kings like I mean, it, like, hopefully we do keep Fox in the deal, and like, I mean, I don't, I don't think he would be a number one next to Fox at this point. Like, he's not really that kind of guy, and you know, you know, I get what he's coming from in terms of just like he can't flourish next to Embiid, and he, that's true. They're both occupied basically the same spaces, and but like. To say that you want a team built around you, I don't think Ben Simmons is good enough to command that, is where I stand. Mm, yeah, I see. But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, like I said, it, it really depends on that team. Like, what teams are really interested in him that would be willing to do that? Because I know for sure, I don't if he came to the Kings 
with that kind of mindset, I would not like it. I mean, again, as I brought up, Minnesota would be perfect. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to this in a little bit later, but I thought I thought the Nuggets would have been great. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about that uh, last uh, episode. It, like the Nuggets would have been pretty. They would have been building around him, but like Jokic is such an amazing passer, he can fit with anyone. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another team, not the, not the Wizards. I don't think. Um, the, those are my two main candidates: the Wolves and the and yeah, the the Denver yeah. Nuggets and. It, yeah, those are. I, the, I can understand the wolves. Yeah, those are the teams that like kind of want to win now type uh, situations. Uh, but yeah, if you really want to, you know, start over from scratch, uh, I, I guess any team would be my guess to take Ben. Yeah, and this saga is just gonna keep going on. Uh, t- t- uh, it came out today. Apparently, the Sixers are basically not paying. Uh, Ben Simmons right now because he's not showing up to training camp. So they are holding apparently $8.2 million from Ben that he was supposed to be paid today. Oh, yeah, this this is going to get ugly. And, you know, we'll, we'll see who blinks first. Will Daryl Morey finally lower his uh, asking price, which honestly is pretty ridiculous, but he's doing the right thing, I think. Honestly, but, like his, his asking price is going to have to come down. And honestly... They just might have to actually settle for Buddy Heald and Ben Simmons, or and uh, Marvin Bagley and picks. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I mean, at the end of the day, could be a good deal for both of us, in, in some ways. So we'll have to see. Okay. Now, finally, to round out this uh, episode, just some random news around the league. So, Michael Porter Jr. signed an extension. I don't remember the exact numbers. Actually, I should probably pull it up. But I remember something along the lines of $172 million extension with a possibility with uh, incentives, and I think games played, um, to go all the way up to $204 million. So, Ooh. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this on this extension? Uh, extension, Jesus Christ. I mean, congrats on him for getting like that much money, but wow. <laughs> so yes, it is 172 million, uh, with the possibility of going up to 207 billion. Yeah, yeah that's. Wow. <laughs> I mean, my first thoughts is that that is a risky contract because, like, the the reason why he he was drafted, I think, at 14th, even though he had honestly top three talent, and honestly, had he been healthy, he would been he would have been picked by the Kings, is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he dropped was because of his his back problems. Apparently, like, just think of it this way. His back problems were so bad that Vlade would not draft him. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that bad. Like, so that's why he dropped to 14. And then in last year's playoffs, he was he actually had a bad back. Like, his back was starting to flare up. And I'm like, oh, boy, his time might be – not saying his time might be coming to an end, but, like, this could get real ugly um, in, in the years to come. And I was even thinking, like, oh, I don't even know if they should extend him. Well, they, they, well, I thought they should have extended him, but like for 
honestly like maybe 20 million a year possibly like maybe even less than that just because the injury is so scary but instead, the the Nuggets just said, fuck all that, and just said, yeah, we're going to pay you the Supermax, essentially. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, gee. <laughs> it's like, I don't, it, I don't think he's proven it that much. I mean, of he's course. He's good, it's, though. He is good. Don't get me wrong. He is good, yeah. But that, that risk. Because they signed him for five years? Five years. Yeah, five years? Man. In my mind, oh man, five years from now, will he still be healthy and this good? I, I, in my opinion, no. But I mean, it's maybe some sporadically he'll be super healthy, playing the great offense he's been playing. And uh, I mean, his defense needs a little, well, well, something. But <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if this contract lasts. And uh, if you're wondering, the 2007 million, that's the same extension that uh, that's the same extension about that Luca and Trey signed. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Two. Yeah, wow, jeez. Uh, yeah. That's... So his his technically the base amount is 172 million, and I, again, I think there's um, injury incentives in there, and yeah, uh, amongst others. But yeah, I mean, granted, from what we've seen, he's been really good. Like. Was it six ten or whatever with long arms that can shoot that can also shoot, but like he hasn't shown like the ability to create as much. But part of it is because he has Jokic and the offense revolves around Jokic. Mm-hmm. But, like you know, l- let's see what he does next year because Jamal Murray is going to be probably out for at least like seventy percent of the season. So. It's go time for Michael Porter Jr. You signed that big-ass extension. There's expectations of him now. He better be a fucking superstar like, for them to pay him that much money. <laughs> Most definitely. I mean, oh, man. Yeah, this probably... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you could go ahead. Uh, uh, that that And also, I think this puts them out of the Ben Simmons conversation because... I don't know who that. Uh, yeah, you can't really trade Michael Porter Jr. anymore because that is a huge amount um, of money to move around. Yeah, <laughs> if maybe they're willing to do what, a one-on-one trade, maybe. Well, he actually earns more than Simmons now, so it'd be oh. tough. Well, yeah. Well, he, no, he'd still be earning his. It'd be it's confusing how they how that works because he's technically earning whatever his rookie contract is paying this this upcoming season. And then the next year, it it moves to his, you know, his max amount. Dear gosh, man. That's, yeah, that's, uh, it's hard to believe, to be honest. Yeah, I just didn't think super max money was what I was seeing. But yeah, I mean, he's going to have an opportunity to prove it. And Nuggets fans, you better hope he proves it. Because, yeah, again, a lot of money for a guy that, honestly might be a ticking time bomb with that back injury mm-hmm. maybe the nuggets knows that something that we don't know maybe somehow he's got a good surgery got a good surgery maybe his back is sporadically fixed but we'll just have to see throughout this season because wow that's a that's a shocker of a contract yeah. Um. Also, it could also mean that they fall in love with their guys a little too much. We shall see. But, 
Because, like, man, they they paid their guys a lot of money. Like, Jamal Murray, I think, has a, 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 a not a two hundred million dollar extension, but I think it's like in the one seventies. And Jokic is on a max ex, on a max contract as well. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of maxes on there, and like, it just seems like they they really believe in the young guys, and we'll see if it pays off in the next few years. Like, do you think they can win a championship if they're healthy? I think they'll get close. Like, can I see them getting to Western Conference Finals? I don't know about, you know, this season. Like, maybe in the future when, you know, things calm down in the West. But, you know, only time can tell. I it's it's hard to, It's hard for me to see them in the championship spot anytime soon, in my opinion. I will say, like, you know, I'm a believer in offense first, defense, op- honestly, optional. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> yeah. I, but, like, they're, they are, they're a really good, op- like, Jokic is a one-man offense all on his own, and they have two incredible creators in uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. if he's healthy. Like, mm-hmm. the, I think I think they have a chance to win a championship if things break right. Like their defense, like they, well, they're gonna need another wing. Like them losing Jeremy Grant was huge, mm-hmm. and they've never, re- they haven't really been really been able to replace him. But like with how good their offense is when they're fully healthy, I think they have a chance if things break their way. And I hate to say it, but like you know, an injury happens, they're they're really good. They they have a really good chance because that offense is just that good. Like. I mean, like, I felt if had they played in in the Hawks, if had they played against the Hawks, like, they would have destroyed the Hawks, for example. Mm-hmm. And that was the Eastern Conference, like, finalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just, that's just the way I see it. Like, their defense is always going to be pretty mediocre, just because Yogesh is not a good defender. But as I've said, like, offense rules the day, especially in the playoffs. And... Mm-hmm. You know, I think their offense can just be so dynamic and so good that it can it can compensate for their, you know, sub, honestly, like subpar defense. Mm, I see. OK, well, moving on, uh, just want to quickly shout out Cow Guy. He signed a training camp deal with the Cavs. I don't know if he's still with them, actually, but like, you know, I just want to shout out our guy like, you know, Cow Guy is, you know, he, he might be able to find a place on some team. You know, I, on kind of the end of the bench kind of guy, but he has he's he's a he's a decent enough player to deserve a spot. Yeah, hopefully he somehow finds his way back into the NBA floor because yeah, he he's a he's our guy. No, I'm not our guy anymore. What am I saying? But <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a tough make or break uh, kind of organization. So. Yeah, we'll see if he uh, ends up uh, signing maybe, hopefully, a contract somewhere, maybe overseas, to be honest. Yeah, because, yeah, I hate to say it, he's he's too small for the most part. Again, like, <clears throat> um, he he's just too small to really play in the NBA, and he's not good enough to make up for his, you know, lackluster uh, height. I hate to say it that way, but that's the truth of it. He's just... Mm-hmm. Not good. He's not. He's not a. Even he's a decent shooter, but like he, he's not good. He's not a absolute like knockdown shooter like a guy like Luke Kennard, for example. And you know his defense is always going to be a problem because he is just so small. Mm-hmm. But you know, hopefully he does find a spot somewhere, and you know we're, we're rooting for him. Oh yeah. 
Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, this came out of nowhere. Apparently, Zion fractured his foot in the summer, and apparently mm-hmm. had surgery. It's his. It's his um fifth metacarpal bone in his right foot, and uh, David Griffin just on media day, media day just kind of came out with this. Oh yeah, he did fracture his foot, but he should be able to return by the start of the season apparently. That's literally in like a week or two. <laughs> the start of the season, not not preseason, but like this, okay. like by the end of the month basically, but. Like so, the fact yeah. that that like something so random just came out of nowhere, like it it just adds to the fire fire that is the dumpster fire that seems to be the uh, Pelicans organization. It's like Zion just fractures foot and somehow that did not I guess leak, and the, for the fact that they're expecting him to be back, like what? I would say he should just sit out a little more. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what a fifth metacarpal injury is like. So you said it was a tear or? It, um, fracture. Oh, that's not good. A fracture? I, I don't know these medical terms. I mean, like yeah. it, last year, Bogey fractured his knee. I'm like, oh God, but back in six weeks, so. But I don't know anymore. <laughs> These medical terms are kind of confusing, but like it, it just seems to be in Z- Zion is going to struggle with injuries just because like, as I have always said, evolution has not caught up to him yet. Like that is a very big body and just it, like untold levels of explosiveness and weight just, you know, on those on that lower body. Like, it's just going to be ingrained into him, and we'll see, like, if he can have a long career. I hope he does have a long career. Like, he's he's always going to be an injury risk, and it's scary because, you know, the Pelicans are going to have to offer him the super max soon. So, or the the max uh, rookie extension soon. And there is, I mean, there is talk of, like, should you offer him the super max? Hmm. I don't know. He's a he's that type of player that can live up to that supermax. But but it's the it's the thing. That's the thing. He can be. That's where it gets tricky. But yeah, injuries, man. Yeah, it's 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 another what if type situation. Another gamble that you're putting on to uh, this guy, which. I have more faith in Zion than, you know, what I have with MPJ, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation, I'd say. How much would you pay him? I mean, I, I, if I would, I would just pay him. I mean, I would give him the Supermax. I think I would just take the risk. Like, he You're is a transcendent. Him. He is a transcendent player. There's no yeah. doubt about that. It's just... The injuries, man, and they're going to keep coming. It, again, evolution, his body, is it just cannot handle these things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just too much weight on those lower body, on that lower body, and too much goddamn explosiveness. So mm-hmm. it's just going to keep coming. But like, you know, to give you to give yourself a chance to win a title with a guy, with a guy like this on your team, I I take it. Oh yeah, I can Although, see that. I will say the Pelicans, I feel, are always just overhyped as hell. Because of Zion, like, I mean, again, last year they had, uh, they well, they had one all-star in Zion, 
and like Brandon Ingram, who was an All Star the year before, like they have way more talent than the Kings on paper, yet somehow finished the, with the exact same record. Like there is something off with that team, and they should not be deserving the hype that they that they get. I think. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I mean, we'll see after this season because I'm I'm hoping a big change in the Kings organization or the Kings in general. I mean. Um, just another quickie. Um, apparently, Karis Levert uh, has a fracture, stress fracture in his back. But apparently, Pacers, the front office, said he should be back early in the season. Again, what? Okay. <laughs> stress <laughs> fracture on the back. That does not sound like something you would come back from <laughs> that quick. Great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> These guys are okay. Jeez. Because. And talk about another guy that's just weirdly, weirdly injury prone. Just, I'm sorry to say it, frail. Like he's had so many injuries in his career. Who's that? Oh, uh, uh Karis LeVert. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say another guy. Jeez, I thought you were going to list out more people that are getting injured. But yeah, it's, oh man, it's too bad. But I think. He'll play out better, or he he could play it off better than uh, some other guys. I feel. I mean, I would say that, but a stress fracture on the back, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's reported weirdly, but the fact that they think he's going to be back anytime soon is pretty crazy as well. But we'll see. Hopefully, he does get healthy. He is a good player, mm-hmm. and it just sucks that he's been marred by injury the way he has. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, we're going to go into, I guess, the vaccine talk of this oh, to end this uh, podcast. But so during media day, a big firestorm was created by essentially collectively by Kyrie, Bradley Beal and Andrew Wiggins. And the fact that there are not they are not vaccinated. And, you know, with, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give my vaccine take, I guess, right now. But like, I just believe. I believe in taking the vaccine just because I want to be able to go outside like and not have to worry about catching catching the, uh, COVID and then having to end up in the hospital. Like, I just think I just don't want to have to worry about that. And also, I have family members who are immunocompromised, so I don't want to exactly like, get, you know, tra- um, what's it called? carry the disease, spread the disease to them. And mo- and luckily most of my most of my family I think all of my family now is vaccinated and you know we're we're very happy about that and you know there were some kind of after effects for a little bit but overall I feel fine and I made that decision because I want to protect my family and also I want to protect myself and be able to go outside like honestly like selfishly I was I was pretty sick of getting cooped up inside <laughs> and yeah. yeah and yeah so that's why I took the vaccine and. You know, I would always advocate to have the vaccine, but I can understand why some people don't want to get the vaccine. They're afraid of, you know, uh, side effects or, or you know, s- s- you know, s- things like that. But with guys like Kyrie and Brad- Bradley Beal, especially, like, rub me the wrong way. Andrew Wiggins, not as much. It seems like he has a w- really strong personal um, kind of personal reason not to take it. Like, I'll talk about Bradley Beal in particular. Bradley Beal, like, seemed to really be pretty arrogant about his about his stance. 
and honestly, to a certain degree, ignorant as well, because some of the things he, that he says just seems like seems like a guy that didn't really bother to research it and just talk to one or two people in a circle like about the vaccine. Because like he said things like, "Well, people don't. Pe- well, people s- still get the get the um, still get COVID even though after they take the vaccine." So, you know, there's so why don't people talk about that? Well, you know what people do talk about is that once you take the vaccine, you're a lot less a lot less likely to end up in the hospital. You're a lot less likely to die from it. So, you know, I feel like a guy like Bradley Beal, I I feel that's where I feel very strongly against his opinion because I feel his opinion is very uneducated and very ignorant and comes off as you know an arrogant asshole about it. And honestly, like. Again, ultimately, it is his choice, but I feel like his process is pretty flawed for the most part. And honestly, he he shouldn't be saying shit like that anyways. Kyrie is another kind of like enigma with me where, you know, I don't I'm not sure what is what his reason is. He didn't really clarify at all about it, but he was just basically like saying it's my own personal choice. It's my privacy. Same thing with Andrew Wiggins. But like Kyrie, like. You know, with kind of the weird shit that he's that he's been in the headlines for, like just like, you know, the flat earth stuff that he ultimately backtracked on. I guess I'll give him credit for that. But he seems to be a guy that's always on the Internet researching weird conspiracy theories. And apparently it has come out that he started following and liking posts from these weird conspiracy uh, pages on Instagram. Like however much you want to take take away from that. He just seems to be a guy that tries to be, you know woke i think as uh casey has said it on espn 1320 uh, he just wants to be different and if that's the reason why he's not taking the vaccine i'm sorry you're an idiot <laughs> basically and you know actually do do your damn research same thing with bradley beal andrew wiggins is a bit trickier because again he seems to have a weird really strong personal reason for it and he actually even applied for a religious exemption maybe it's religious but like Ultimately, yes, it is up to them personally, but if you are going to make a personal decision to not take the vaccine, like hopefully you have a good process of coming to that conclusion. Like you've actually done your own research and you you just don't feel comfortable about taking the vaccine. And, you know, hopefully you do take, you know, precautions to, you know, hopefully not spread the virus if you do end up contracting it. Like I hope I, – again, personal choice – personal freedom i respect that i just hope you did your own damn research before you say shit like that oh man yeah this is a really just tough topic to go over especially with people who don't understand you know the situation that we're in and gosh it wouldn't just be easier if everyone has gets it without you know second dots uh, it's it's kind of hard to believe that there's this many people that still consider the vaccine something i don't know it's just ridiculous again i had to just think about it i mean it is a very tricky situation because you know again i'm okay with people claiming their freedom like it is your mm-hmm. choice to not get the vaccine, but you have to think about, you know, the, the bigger picture. Like, like, do you want to spread it to other people? You're because this vaccine, like these athletes, for the most part, like, although don't like 
although I'm, of course i'm not a complete expert on this but as far as i know like if you are a more fit person you're a lot less likely to experience you know severe symptoms because you are a, a very healthy person but at the same time you have to worry about other people like you you might be able you might end up spreading it to another person who might who you know of course it would be on them that they're not vaccinated but at the same time like you have to think about other people and the bigger picture mm-hmm. Yeah. And all I ask, again, is that, you know, if you're not going to take the vaccine, you do your research, you know, just be educated on the on the subject itself, as opposed to just like, you know, following a few Facebook and Instagram pages of like some asshole who's just grifting on you idiots, who you know, just want to look for information to um, confirm your own beliefs. Like that's that's where we're at at this country. And the fact that this is as polarizing as a topic as it is it's just i think i think there's a i think it just shows you how divided this country is and how much mis- misinformation there is out there <sighs> you know mm, i wonder what the nba will be doing uh for these certain guys because there's you said wait there's about what 95 percent that are vaccinated uh, Yes, 95% it came out today. And specifically with Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins, these do these two guys are actually even more tricky situation because they're they're in cities where they are basically forcing them to get vaccinated oh, or they're yeah. not going to be able to play in home games. Oh yeah. So <laughs> actually, now that like you now so you you we I bring up the personal belief of why you wouldn't take the vaccine and it's a personal choice. But at this point, it's not a it's not so much a profession or a personal choice anymore. You're actually actively hurting your team now. You're actually it's actually getting into your professional into your profession now. So mm-hmm. like they actually have a professional incentive to actually get the vaccine now. So you know if they want to actually be able to help their team and these and make make no mistake, Andrew Wiggins plays a very important role for you know for the Warriors, and Kyrie of course plays a very important role for the Nets. So. It actually behooves these guys to do it for a professional reason now, instead of just a personal reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I wonder how that will really work out. Because if they won't get it, would the team still consider playing them? Wait, let's just say home teams, depending on the state, I guess, or regulations. Because different states sadly have different regulations, but within the league, I'm pretty sure you know. There has to be some sort of enforcement within there's to be able to play or not, right? Well, okay, so this is where it gets really weird and honestly stupid to a certain degree. Bradley Beal will be fine. He can play because oh, guess what? Really? DC DC doesn't DC doesn't have those restrictions, but uh, San Francisco and New York have those restrictions. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I listened to a Warriors podcast, Warriors Plus Minus. They brought up a, a hilarious hypothetical. So the 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 Warriors play the Clippers on opening night, but and Andrew Wiggins, if he does not get vaccinated, cannot play in, in that game. But if the Warriors were to trade him to the Clippers, they could play, or he could play. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> because the the rules only apply to unvaccinated players on the home team. That is so. What? It's backwards. Ass, it's backwards. Ass stupid. And it kind of, 
it's kind of it, I mean it's a tricky situation for the for the NBA because it's because this is actually a city rule. This is not a national or like a state rule or anything. It's a it's specifically New York and um, San Francisco. So they're in a tricky situation where they they basically have to get the vaccine and also if they don't play they don't get paid. They've actually said that now. So yeah, they they're gonna lose half of their salary and they're gonna hurt their team. And like that's before we even talk about the playoffs. Like they wouldn't be able to play in home playoff games. Mm. Man, wow. That's uh, yeah, it's that's some loophole that's that should be thought <laughs> thought of better. But I mean, of course, I don't think that will ever happen. I hope. I hope. Yeah, so my prediction is that they they just get the vaccine. Apparently, yeah. there's a report that came out that Kevin Durant is pressuring Kyrie to get the vaccine. And oh, that's good. With, with Andrew Wiggins, apparently, well, like Steph basically kind of passive aggressively just said like, just get the vaccine. And apparently, Belly like after Andrew's after Andrew's uh, press conference, apparently in the hallway just said, get the shot. <laughs> the hallway, apparently. So. <laughs> Like I mean, they're they're like their teams are kind of nudging them because uh, again, there is a professional reason why they need to get it because if they don't, they're gonna hurt their team. They're not mm-hmm. gonna be able to play for them. Yeah. And yeah. you know, Bradley Beal, like the like apparently David Aldridge has has reported like apparently people around him have just said, just get the shot, dude. So, you know, the general sentiment around the league is that th- they're more or less gonna get the, get the shot, and this probably just ends up being nothing. It's just something that we complain about for about for this week and, you know, never talked about ever again. But I mean, this is the situation that we're in and it is a tricky situation to navigate. But I do ultimately believe that getting the vaccine is just ultimately a better choice. And, uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't forget Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac was also another guy that, you know, that did basically said, I'm not getting the vaccine again, Mm -hmm. his choice. And, you know, he's he just kind of expl- kind of um, escapes the national media because no one cares about the Orlando Magic and he hasn't played in a year. So but like it's the same thing with kind of his process. He basically he had a he had a statement prepared, which was, you know, he's a smart guy. Like he knew this was coming and he had a statement prepared basically saying that he already got covid and that the antibodies and and his immune system will be able to repel essentially protect him from covid and research around it has actually said that it doesn't really it's very hit or miss that getting the vaccine is the best way to protect him so hopefully he does a little bit more research but it seems like at least he did the at least he did some research on it and you know that that's what i that's what i asked for just you do your research and you know talk to people and just to be able to come to your conclusion instead of just being like Bradley Beal, just going out there and just saying, well, people still get COVID. So why should I get it? Cause yeah. you're a lot less likely to get COVID. Maybe. And to pass it on as well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, th- there's that. And again, that that's the situation we're in. Hopefully this just kind of, you know, solves itself in the next, in the next week or so, because yeah, it's not a fun topic to talk about. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, to end the episode, I'm gonna have you take over this part, but because I don't watch football, and 49ers lost to the Packers uh, last weekend, 
at this point, yeah. right? Sunday, yeah. Yes, lost the the Packers on Sunday, and you know, um, 49ers Twitter, aka Kings Twitter, aka Warriors Twitter, were all up in arms about this loss. And the main thing I take away from it is that they should have played Trey Lance more. Was the opinion that I got? It's it's a toss up. I'd say. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. The 49ers um, fan base is pretty split on this topic. And in my opinion, I mean, I would like to play Trey Lance, but he's still a rookie and he still needs some time to grow and maybe get used to our system. But it's like uh, I feel like we're trying to go for a playoff push now, and you know, trusting in a rookie like that this early on. It's a little hard because uh, we have we have the you know we have the guys to take us to back to the Super Bowl, but uh, man, during the game it's like uh, how would I say it? First half was terrible, of course. Second half we came back. I mean, we we came back. We were in the lead, but you know we gave Aaron Rodgers enough time to uh, pretty much. Uh, would uh, have them win the game, so yeah, it's it's hard. I say, in my opinion, we play out the season with Granapolo, and uh, next season we could, uh, you know, experiment more with Trey Lance because, as of right now, Granapolo, in my opinion, is still good, and I mean, we can't really do anything with him right now unless we bench him and play Trey Lance, but. I mean, hmm. I don't know. I think people are overreacting in in a certain sense. Twitter overreacting. I, I never would have thought. But, uh, you know, uh, I guess the other part that, you know, brought the, my, that caught my attention. I, the 49ers are 2-1. and one. Yeah, I mean... From the, this is from the way loss. they were talk, from the way they were talking, I thought they were O of like four or something like that. No, what the yeah. fuck are they mad about? I mean, okay, for me, like I said, we were we did terrible first half. I'm not gonna lie about that. Second half, we we came back. We were in the lead, but we just gave enough, uh, Aaron Rodgers enough time to, uh, you know, just kick uh, get the field goal and or what was the field? Goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you know, get get a score so they could win. So I mean, we came back, we put up a hard fight. It's just that you know, with timing and all that, the Packers won, of course. But yeah, it's just it's just the first loss. I mean, we have plenty of other games to uh, focus on, and uh, you know, the main uh, concern for me with the Niners now is injuries, and you know. We haven't been really great with injuries uh, in previous seasons, so I'm just hoping that we keep up with a healthy season this season. <laughs> yeah, I, I just couldn't understand. I mean, like, as an outsider, I don't watch football. I don't follow the 49ers. I just, I, you know, being a Kings fan for so long, if I, if we were 2-1, and one, I wouldn't be freaking out the way I was. That's just me, but I was just I was just flabbergasted to, to find out they were two and one, and I just see like Kings 49ers Twitter just going at each other, like talking about how 
one guy's turning on Kyle Shanahan, how he doesn't believe in him anymore. It was, it was madness. And I just thought it was interesting. Don't believe in Kyle Shanahan. He's, he's probably our best coach since, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Wait, is uh, it Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. Let's just say, I think, I think Casey's not a Kyle Shanahan guy. Don't, 100% quote me on this, but Casey does have some wild, uh, wild opinions, to say the least. So there's that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I wanted to know about the 49ers. I just, I just thought, you, like, what is going on? Why are Kings fans turning on each other all of a sudden? You should, you should probably watch a game and see how it feels like, oh. because uh, it, it, it's pretty fun. I mean, I mean, I, I still support the Niners. I, I mean, I don't have any hate towards uh whatever <laughs> whatever toxicity is going on within twitter and whatnot because whether or not we go to playoffs now whether or not we play granopolo or trey lance it, i mean it's it's the niners i have faith you guys just stay faithful ah isn't that the greatest line of all time isn't that a great life lesson stay faithful i mean that's that's actually their only model <laughs> I thought it was Bang Bang Niner Gang, but oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the song. <laughs> I don't know. Like I was, I I mean, I discovered that when listening to Jason Jones and KC, and that apparently that was that was your guys' catchphrase for a bit, wasn't it? it oh no, it's still kind of. It still is. It's just. Uh, have you listened to the song by E40? You showed you showed me. I didn't like it, so. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it was corny as hell. That that's all that's all I'll say about that. All right, let's end this before I say more blasphemous stuff about your your beloved 49ers. Uh like okay. Said, stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay you still faithful. have chance though. Uh, hopefully you guys will stay faithful to this podcast and continue to listen. Uh we'll be coming back probably after the preseason game. Um we'll, we'll see how this uh, how the schedule plays itself out, but uh are you going to be able to be there? Actually, I'm. I'm hoping so. I'm not going to lie. I might not be here on Friday, and there's a, and there's a reason for that, and that's because I am going to SmackDown. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I go to SmackDown and have fun. Have fun. Uh, I will say the regular shows for the most part are very hit or miss. So I know. it is. So I'm going to SmackDown on uh, on Friday, which is an SJ. So it's I, I believe it's the first um I guess the first show in the California road trip because it's it's been it's been a while since they uh, come to California since uh, COVID. I mean, aren't they coming? They're coming to Sac. Well, Raw specifically is coming to Sac. I forgot what day, but like yeah, they're I think yeah, it's going to be their first uh, California trip. So it'll be interesting because, you know, being in the Bay Area, uh, COVID restrictions, they're pretty strict on that. Like, can we have our masks on, masks off? I mean, there's definitely going to be no social distancing, but yeah, I mean, I will keep my mask on and stay away from some WWE smarks. So we'll see. Hopefully you do have some fun. I have I've only been to one show and it was the one it was a show you invited me to. Mm. I haven't been to one since. But yeah, again, that... I I I I wouldn't want to go to these shows just because like they're they're so hit or miss in terms of just like entertainment value and 
being there live, it must be so weird sometimes because like the commercial breaks, like it's like, and then they just stop wrestling sometimes, like during the commercial breaks. Or, yeah, yeah. And this is a this is another problem that's been happening with the shows. So basically, think of it think of think of it like this: a guy comes to the a guy comes to the ring, his music plays. So then it cuts the commercial break. So now you have I to know. watch the guy uh, uh, like probably just stand there for you know five minutes, and then they come back, and then they cut to an interview. <laughs> cut to an interview backstage specifically. And yes. so the guy that just made his way to the ring has probably been standing there for about 15 minutes before he does anything. <laughs> apparently that's a very common thing nowadays. So let, let me know if you see, if you see that. And apparently it's very common on SmackDown. Ooh, okay. I'll, I'll look out for that. That'll be interesting. But uh, gonna be there early to catch like uh, main event or uh, do they take main event? I don't even know on SmackDown. Uh, oh man, I, I, we we have to, or yeah, I'm going with other guys, but we have to be there early because it's in the SAP Center, which is where the San Jose Sharks play at. And mm. last time I went there was for. I I think it was TLC. I forget. It was it was a pay per view for sure. Uh, and my gosh, the parking was terrible. The traffic was terrible. We were literally. I I was the one driving. I was there early, and the traffic, like just getting into the parking lot and uh, like getting a parking spot was just took up all that time. And we missed, you know, of course we missed the pre show. We missed the pyro. And it was like almost like uh, start of the first match. So that's it, it, it's a it was a yeah. <laughs> you gotta get there early for the SAP Center because their parking sucks. Ah, it just sounds like fun. I mean, we we went to the Bay Area a, a lot of two weeks ago. I think at this point, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a fucking nightmare. So, yeah, have fun uh, in San Jose. Uh, hope you have a lot of fun. Sent. Send me pictures, and you you can actually talk about it when you come back. Oh yeah, uh, I mean I'm probably not gonna know what much is going on, but I know the general idea, so we shall see. One thing to keep an eye on: a happy uh, Baron Corbin, now called Happy Corbin, is actually very fun. Oh. And by Smack the way, down. they're doing the draft uh, tonight, so next oh. week might be a totally different roster. Oh no, I'm hoping. There's some guys that still stay in SmackDown and don't go Raw, but I guess we'll have to see. Roman, I believe, is 100% staying on Raw, and you hell, it's San Jose. You might get Brock. Maybe. No, not, nothing. I mean, okay. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think. Have I ever seen Brock? He's very selective of where he gets to go now. I know it's so hard. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I seen Brock, to be honest. Maybe it'll be a first time in a while, or maybe it'll be my first time. So I guess we'll see. That'll be pretty exciting. Okay. Well, uh, now with that announcement, it is time for us to end this show. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. Uh, I was actually saying this would be a shorter episode, and that was going to be under one hour. Looking at the time now, it is definitely not the case. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this episode. And yeah, we should. Hopefully, we'll be back on Monday after uh, after the Kings versus Suns preseason game. Oh yeah. 
All right. I guess we'll see you guys later.